How are you now? How are you now? Ooh. Well, folks, your Montreal Canadiens lose their second straight. This one by a score of 6-4 to four to the Columbus Blue Jackets in Ohio. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I'm a little bit pissed off. Just a tiny bit. Tiny bit. Not so much at the result. Um, I've, I've said many, many times, you know, if they're going to lose games, I want to see them lose 5-4, 6-4, 6-5, If they're going to lose games, ideally we want them to be high-scoring ones where we get to see um, at least a little bit of entertainment, if nothing else. My issue with that game was just how many opportunities they left on the table. Um, I mean, Christ, they easily could have had three or four more goals just throughout the course of regulation. Like, you could have really put a barn burner win on the table for yourself there but you know a lot of missed opportunities a lot of brain farts that led to goals against as well I mean this is the kind of game where yes it was definitely entertaining to watch but at the same time uh, as as a fan of the Montreal Canadiens you can't help even if you want them to lose even if you're on team tank there's no way that you could help watching that game and going god damn if you just did a couple of things properly out there that you didn't do properly, uh, you're, you're walking out of there with a, a pretty significant win uh, because you still managed to put up four goals even with those brain farts. So um, what happened? Well, early first period went quite well for the Montreal Canadiens. A couple of good chances, of course, as tends to be the case with them when they start off the first period well, it seems like they always end up getting scored on. And that's exactly what happens. A pretty weird one. Puck is rimmed around. Uh, Cole Sillinger gets it like up between the top of the circle and the blue line. He just fires it on net, just kind of praying for something good to happen, and it does. Samuel Montembeau makes the save, but he redirects the rebound directly into Jordan Harris's chest, and it ricochets into the net. One nothing Columbus. And then it gets worse. Later in the period, uh, Gustav Nyquist just left completely alone at the side of the net. Uh, gets it. Puts it in pretty easily past Montembeau, makes it 2 nothing, and that is our score at the end of 20. In the second period, kind of a whole lot of nothing going on. The Habs missing the net constantly. I think Josh Anderson missed on two or three really good scoring chances. Uh, but you had a feeling like, you know, he's, he's maybe going to get something uh, at some point in this game. But just kind of not a whole lot going on there. And then, what did I say? Pretty sure that the Habs are going to get something, and they do really good pressure on the forecheck puck rattling around a little bit jordan harris jumps in the loose puck rips one top shelf makes it two to one Habs are right back in this and then josh anderson who i already brought up what did i say felt like he was gonna get one sure enough he did great face-off win great job by brendan gallagher just an absolute workhorse making sure that puck was available and it gets to josh anderson he rips one through a save attempt by Eunice corpusalo I got a piece of it, but it got through and into the net. 2-2, we're tied up. End of the period, Arbor Jack guy gets in a fight with Mathieu Olivier just for good measure. Give that one a split decision for the Sheriff. Uh, he definitely won that. He landed the better punches. Olivier threw a little punch at him while he was down at the end of the fight. We'll see what happens next time they play because I don't think Jack guy is the kind of guy that's going to forget that. But, alas, we go into the third period tied at 2 and that's where, you know, the wheels kind of come off a little bit defensively for, for both teams a little bit. Habs are buzzing early on in the third period. A couple of really good chances, but again, they're missing the net. They're double clutching. They're just not they're they're just not there. They're they're a step off from where they need to be. And then David Savard 
just falls down. He's just doing a yoga stretch at the offensive blue line for some goddamn reason. Uh, goes for a three-on-one the other way, and there is nothing that Caden Gooley can do to save the day um, on that one. I mean, it's, it's a three-on-one. He does his best to stay in the lane uh, to try and protect any passes, but uh, it gets back to Boone Jenner. He puts it in, makes it three to two for the Jackets. However, the Habs turn it the fuck on after that. They are hunting a goal to get back into this game, and uh, they get it. They get it. After a really good shift by the fourth line, they're in the middle of a line change. Uh, Mike Hoffman's out there. He gives it to Christian Dvorak. Dvorak down to Brendan Gallagher, and he scores basically standing on the goal line from an absolutely shitty angle. Uh, Still manages to get it in, and it is tied at three. But then, not long after that, Sean Corrales just splits the D, kind of walks Jordan Harris on that one. Not a great look for him. A pretty good game for him, but not a great look there. He goes upstairs on Samuel Montambo. It's 4-3, to three, but the Habs are still in it. They're still in it. But then, uh, I want to say just over nine minutes left on the clock, maybe just under nine minutes left on the clock. Face-off win right back to Mathieu Olivier. He's standing at the back part uh, of the face-off circle. He's kind of lined up looking for that shot. This was a set play. He fires it. David Savard literally like gets out of the way to allow that shot to go through instead of trying to block it. And it is to 5-3. This game might be over. Or not. Or not. Off the face-off at center ice right after that goal. They did not even get a chance to announce it. Uh, Nick Suzuki wins the faceoff. He gets the puck back, goes in down the wing, uh, starts going around behind the net and realizes that Corpusello is not hugging his post well enough and just does one of the little sneaky bank shots off of his pad into the net. It is five to four, and we got a barn burner on our hands, and the Habs are still in this thing. Habs take a timeout with just over two minutes left on the clock. Unfortunately, they don't even get a chance to get set up. Habs win the faceoff, but puck goes down into the corner. Chip gets past Kirby Dock at the blue line, and Sean Corrali uh, just has an easy empty net goal. Makes it 6-4. to four. It looked like they scored another empty netter uh, to make it 7-4 to four at the very end of the game, but I don't think it counted. NHL.com is currently showing 6-4 to four as the score, even though the Habs tweeted out that it was 7-4. to four. It doesn't fucking matter anyways. At the end of the day, you lost. Either 6-4 to four or 7-4, to four, whatever you want. Doesn't really matter. What did we learn? What did we learn? Well, we learned that you can't win by turning on and off the effort whenever you feel like it. Uh, there were swaths of this game where they played really, really well. Like I mentioned, um, the the fourth line, by the way, was fantastic. I, I have to give them a quick shout-out here. That might be your silver lining of the night. It's just the way that fourth line played and the way Yuri Slavkovsky played on that fourth line. Uh, they were really effective. But that was one of those swaths of the game was right after the 3-2 goal by Boone Jenner. They just clicked. They flipped a switch, and it was like, we're a different team all of a sudden. But then, not long after that, like after they got the 3-3 goal, they switched it right back off. It's, you know, it's frustrating to watch that. That's what pissed me off about this game was just them turning it on and off. I don't mind if they lose, right? This is a season where we expect them to lose quite a bit. Um, You know, get used to it, right? This is goaltending getting back to probably where it's about supposed to be. So they could have lost some games like this already this season. It's just don't turn it on and off like that. It's been a bit of a problem this season on an ongoing basis where, you know, they'll have one period where they suck and the next one they'll come out and they'll look fantastic. So you got to like how they make adjustments in between periods, but I don't like how they're making 
adjustments in the middle of periods at this point and going from looking as good as they did in swaths to you know seconds later without any kind of break in the action or anything all of a sudden they forget how to hockey um so i think that needs to change but then let's let's go on to a positive note right your silver lining of the night that fourth line holy shit michael pizzetta jake evans your Slavkovsky, fantastic game out of them uh super impressed uh, I should shout out as well that the line of, I think that's technically your second line, Sean Monaghan with Evgeny Dadunov and Josh Anderson, that line worked very well in that game as well. But I was most impressed with the, the, the fourth line there. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. They're not getting a whole ton of minutes. I think they played maybe eight minutes at even strength in that game. Um, but they were buzzing. When they were in the offensive zone, man, it was a true fourth-line type of performance where they're just getting the puck down low and grinding grinding the Blue Jackets into submission. Uri Slavkovsky had a sequence in the third period where he went back and forth below the goal line, had a guy chasing him and trying to get the puck off of him, but he's just strong on the puck, really good protection, and making it a nightmare to play against him. This is, you know, one of his one of the strengths in his game is, is getting down to those dirty areas, getting down below the goal line, getting to the, the middle of the ice, getting to the slot. He didn't score in this game, but he came pretty damn close on a couple of occasions and uh, was just a puck magnet out there when he was on the ice. I'd like to see them get a little bit more minutes. Honestly, I, I, I think Slavkovsky playing as little as he is is a bit problematic for his development. If you're going to do that, you might as well have just let him go back to Europe and let him play first-line minutes, continue to develop over there. I don't see the point in playing him for eight minutes a night. You could have sent him down to Laval too, but now you've burnt the first year of the ELC, so you got to keep him up. I think what we need to do, what they need to do rather, of course, it's not my decision, is give him more minutes. Now, if that means just playing the fourth line more, then okay, because I think they work pretty well together. I think there's there's an argument there, and they made it during the intermission on RDS as well, that you, you maybe need to stop riding your top line as much as you are as well. They played, I don't know, maybe about 15 minutes at even strength. They also play... Um, all the power play, pretty much. They don't get off the ice during the power play. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. You got two young guys in Caulfield and Suzuki. You don't want to overwork them. You got Kirby Doc on that line as well. He's still young. I mean, let's let's maybe let's maybe give a little bit more to that fourth line and then that way you can see really what they can do, what Uri Slavkovsky can do as well. I think it's important to get him a little bit more minutes. They're fantastic in that game. Fantastic. Um, taking a look at the numbers real quick. I don't want to make this a whole stats podcast, but I do got to let you guys know what they did out there. They had 100% of the high danger scoring chances while they were on the ice. They had 77.78% of the overall scoring chances while they were on the ice at even strength. They're legit. They spent the bulk of their time in the offensive zone just grinding the living shit out of the Blue Jackets. Play them more. Give them, give them a little bit more. I think they earned it. Uh, I'd really like to see uh, what who are they playing on Saturday. Uh, we got another game coming up. It doesn't matter. Whoever they're playing. I don't give a shit. 
uh, give more minutes to that fourth line. Let's see what they can do. Um, I'd, I'd really like to see it. I think it's I think it's worthwhile, and that's your silver lining of the night. Maybe they found a combination that can work uh, for Slavkovsky at this point, and we'll you know play it by ear and see how many minutes they can get moving forward because I don't think that that they got enough in that game. Outside of that, um, honestly, there there was a lot to like. Again, the only thing that really bothered me was just missing out on some opportunities. A couple of brain farts. You know, Savard had two really bad brain farts. Um, obviously, the the fall at the blue line and then failing to block that shot by Metsu Olivier in the third. Uh, Jordan Harris had a pretty bad brain fart on that Sean Corrali goal. He got walked a little bit. I think he he could have played that one considerably better. But uh, I was I was a lot more upset at David Savard than I was at um, Jordan Harris because Jordan Harris obviously also scored a goal. Right, so not a super hot game either way from from those two guys, but definitely very hot game from Johnny Kovacevic. Loved his game. Arbor Jacki had a couple of struggles, but overall pretty decent game. Caden uh, Gooley played a great game, so not a terrible game from your defense. Just brain farts hurting you. You know, if you don't have those brain farts, um, particularly again the ones by Harris and Savard, then you win that game. I think if you play that exact game. 10 times I think the Habs win it nine times we watched the one scenario where they fuck up enough to allow the other team to win so unfortunate moving on what about the forwards who else played really well um well I gotta tell you uh I already talked about the fourth line and I also brought up briefly that second line but Dadanov, Monahan, and Anderson whoo they had a good game too they could have produced considerably more than they did like Dadanov had an opportunity at one point where he came in he's all alone and the puck bounces off the boards into the slot and he goes to get it but he just tried he kept it on the forehand if he just pulled that to the backhand uh, he's got an easy goal there so there's another brain fart this time from a forward but at the same time I mean I don't want to ride Dadanov because I felt like he played a really good game like they were dangerous out there Sean Monaghan had a lot of opportunities as well so close on a couple of occasions to getting one himself Josh Anderson obviously did get a goal. So this is a game where you actually got a pretty good performance out of your middle to bottom six. A pretty good performance. I would even say a very good performance. And then you have to talk about the other line as well. I guess they're the de facto third line, if you will, if they're not the second line, which is Mike Hoffman. Christian Dvorak and Brennan Gallagher. They were also fantastic for the most part. Brennan Gallagher in particular. And he was doing typical Brennan Gallagher shit out there. Scoring a goal from the worst angle that you've ever seen. Um, wreaking havoc in the offensive zone. He was the the main reason that Josh Anderson got his goal. Um, by tying up on that faceoff and making sure he was able to get that puck. And uh, Mike Hoffman, unblock me, unblock me on Twitter, buddy. You played another really good game, dude. I mean, we, we could maybe have a little bit of a, a friendship going on. We could at least be frenemies. Maybe I could promote you sometimes, but then sometimes when you do something really bad, I can shit on you, and then we could get into like a little bit of a spat. We could have like a whole rivalry going on between us. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. What do you think, buddy? You're not listening to this anyways. Um, but regardless, it was a good game from that line too. I mean, if you look at that game and... If you can separate the brain farts from everything else that happened, which is tough to do, I know, it's actually not a bad game. There, there's a lot that they can build on from that. There were a lot of good things, and there's some lessons in there for them as well, right? Lesson one is just don't just 
don't make those brain farts. Lesson two, don't over-rely on your goaltender. You know, Samuel Montembeau has given you better goaltending than you could have expected from him so far this season. Um, they allowed too many high-quality chances against uh, against him in this game. You know, he's not going to be able to, to be a ridiculously elite backstopper for you. I'm sorry. I, I wish he could. It'd be nice if we could just luck our way into an elite starting goaltender after Carey Price, you know, rides off into the sunset, but it doesn't work that way. So they, they got some things they can tighten up. Uh, that's to say the least there. Some things that they can tighten up. But at the same time, there was enough good in that game for you to say, well, they're on the right track. So we'll leave it at that. Um, we're running what? Uh, almost 17 minutes today. So it's a gross soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Until and unless, of course, Twitter dies, which is entirely possible. Thanks, Elon Musk. But for now, you can find me there at DrakeMT. And I also just made a Mastodon account today. So if you're looking for somewhere else, uh, that's probably where I'll be posting my highlights if and when Twitter dies. Anyways, thank you as always for listening. And of course, à la prochaine. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.